Good morning. It is Thursday, October 6th. Things that are trending this hour. Blake Shelton, the country music singer, has sold his master recordings to Influence Media Partners. However, the deal does include a joint venture allowing Shelton to continue to earn money from his music that he creates post-sale of his recordings. Can you name one Blake Shelton song? I can't. Oh, my gosh. And I programmed a country radio station. This should be easy for me. <laughs> oh Ke- no, Kevin! Can you can you name what? You're a music guy. Uh, does he, he does he do the uh, big green tractor? I, I have no idea. This is why I'm asking. Yeah, I, I like, have no idea. Because you say he's, he's selling. I just thought he was a guy on TV. I mean, I knew he was a country person. Yeah, but I didn't think he was like Garth Brooks, where people would be clamoring to buy his collection. Isn't it interesting? They're all cashing in though on their. Uh, their what, collection, what, God's Country. There we go. Got one. What? 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 Uh, he does a song called God's Country. Okay. And he also did a duet with uh, Gwen Stefani about a year and a half ago that I really liked. Oh, uh, okay. Happy Anywhere. All right. You don't know those. I don't understand why country music is a thing, period, but that's really? another... I've never understood that. I would that. think that you would be into it based on your love for Bruce Springsteen. They have a lot of that... Nah, no, 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 no. I feel like he adapted feel. into that. Like, I... I uh, and I accept that it is a thing. I'm not disputing it is a thing. I'm not disputing, obviously, based on you see massive success of country radio stations across the fruited plain, including our own Hank FM, mm-hmm. that it is a thing. I'm not mm-hmm. in any denial that it is a thing. I just have never understood what the appeal of that is. And I'm sure there's many things I do that people say I would never understood the appeal of that either. What so. do you think of um, outlaw country? What the hell is like, that? Like uh, country music from, you know, the Waylon 70s Jennings and before. And Chris Christopherson. Well, like, I, under, like I understand if, if you were sitting in, say, Provo, Utah mm-hmm. or Billings, Montana in like 1950 around a campfire as a tumbleweed was moving past you at a rapid pace, why that music might fit the genre of the time. But what does the average person at a country concert have in common with the things that are being sung about and the way they're being sung about at the modern country era. Well, that's it. Country music is more modern now, and it's much more... Commercialized. Commercialized and poppy, and uh, yeah, sounds a little bit more contemporary. Like Conway Twitty. I get it. There was probably a time where that appealed to a large block of people. What about Johnny Cash? Is that country? Yeah. Is it really country? Yeah. A, a boy named Sue is country. Folsom Prison Blues and... Hurt is country. Yeah, that, that would be outlaw country. Is it really? Yeah. And then you went through the, the 80s country, and then the 90s with Garth Brooks, and now a big resurgence again with people like I Blake Shelton when and... I, when, when I was a young Keith Urban and when I was a young boy, what's the is it country music television? CMT. CMT. Mm-hmm. When I was a boy, I had a friend who lived up the street from me, and I would go up there to play at their house. I'm talking like eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, and this girl's mother had country music on. So this would have been the you know early to mid '90s. Had it on all the time, and I used to remember sitting there thinking, even then at like nine years old, mm-hmm. what? How do people consume this 
all day long. Mm -hmm. How is this even possible? Yeah, well, it's got a lot of fans. A lot of people I, really like it. If you like country music, I uh, encourage you to I, tweet I, at Rob M. Kendall. <laughs> I'm sure people are just, based on the YouTube chat, people are, I just have never understood it. I've never gotten it. I don't dispute that it is a thing. I've just never never understood it. The first radio station I worked at was a country radio station, AM 1490 oh. WSDS. Uh, you, it's were, country. Were you like Howard Stern? Were you hop along Casey with your big uh Yeah, I would leave <laughs> the studio. Hat. I would leave the studio with a headache every time. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if it was the music or the fact that you could <laughs> smoke in the studio and it just had the worst smell ever. Yeah. Could have been from the uh, 10 gallon hat. <laughs> Kind of heavy. <laughs> anyway, what are the rest of the uh, trending stories? Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, Hillary Swank, the actress, has announced that she is pregnant with twins. She is 48 years old. And finally, trending Lee Corso, Sports Illustrated and ESPN, saying that Lee Corso is feeling much better after missing college game day last week. Okay, before we begin the show, I made a major accomplishment last night, Casey. Oh, that I believe I need to tell everyone about. Good. What'd you do? Well, I finally wrapped up all six seasons of rewatching the one of the greatest TV shows ever made, mm -hmm. The Americans. Yes. And I was up until, by my math, about 1.30 uh -huh. in the morning. Okay. <laughs> this was primarily my wife's fault because I kept trying to stop it as she kept going, no, keep going. Yes, and I just had this conversation the other night that once you commit, you have to keep going, and I really hate that about myself sometimes. Well, because she, she had never seen it before. Go to bed! I knew how it ended, mm -hmm. so to me there was no, like, she was watching from the intrigue of what's going to happen. You were watching through her eyes. Well, and this is what's annoying, too. Like, and I don't know if you and your your associate are this way, but she will keep saying, what happens next? Mm -hmm. What happens to the Americans? I don't know. Why don't you watch? <laughs> if I tell you, what's the point in watching? So you crammed a lot of years of television into a very short amount of time. I got a little misty-eyed at the end of the Americans because... From 2002, so in three months, I managed to watch 16 years of basically all the television I watched. Mm -hmm. I am not a large television viewer. Mm -hmm. I usually get into what I call the thinking man's show mm -hmm. because I am a great learned person that needs to be uh, mentally stimulated mm -hmm. during a television show. I cannot just watch a laugh, for the most part, a laugh track type television show. So my viewing from 2002 to 2018 was three of the greatest shows ever made, The Shield, which then was followed by Sons of Anarchy, mm -hmm. which was then followed by The Americans. Now, do these shows, they all relate with each other? Well, Is no. Is like a continuation no, of the no, story? No, no, no. They're totally, they're totally different. So, they, separate. They just happen to run... Af one after another. So The Shield was about corrupt cops in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Sons of Anarchy was a biker gang mm -hmm. in California. And then the Americans were about Russian spies during the Reagan presidency living in America as Americans. So they ran, what do they call it, concurrent mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. From 2002, one would end, then this is the new F big FX series. So basically, when I got done, I realized... I that was 16 years of my life. Like in three months, mm -hmm. I have consumed what took me 16 years of my life. Yeah. Like I was when the shield started, I was but a young man in high school. And when the shield ended, or by the time Americans ended, mm -hmm. I was in my mid 30s. Do it was you, a little emotional. Do you feel that you kind of miss out though when you stream it all like that? Because it used to be before you could stream, you had to wait until the next week. Well, here, like, yes. No anticipation. Here's the thing about be, watching a 
thinking man's show, though, Casey, and this is largely why I, why I do this. Got to know what happens next. Well, you, but you have to consume it. Like, if you do not consume it, if you just casually watch it, you will miss things and you will not know what's going on. So an example is The Americans. Mm-hmm. It is very realistic, and the reason I liked it was because the Russian characters all talked in Russian. Mm. It was not like you had a bunch of Russian subtitles. Yes. So you, okay. Obviously, yes. So you would know what they're saying, but you had to read it. You couldn't not watch it. You would right. have no idea what's going on. So, like when they are in the Russian embassy, mm-hmm. they are talking to read the dialogue. Russian. You have to read to consume. The Russian spies, when they talk with Russian people, mm-hmm. speak in Russian. So. No, I could not just casually watch it. I had to consume it again, which mm-hmm. is also more taxing because it's six years worth of episodic TV that you can't just casually watch. And what are you watching this on? Uh, Hulu. Okay. How much are you paying for that? I don't know. She pays for it because I we had a, a rather uh, vehement disagreement. She wanted the commercial free, which is more expensive. I said, that's a waste of money. It's just commercials. Why wouldn't we want to see 99 Todd Young ads in a row letting us know that he was indeed a Marine. And then finally I got vetoed on that. So I have no idea. I, I said, don't tell me what this costs. I don't want to know. I think the original Hulu with commercials is like $6.99. Okay. But she did not want to be exposed to any more. This is this You're is, missing out. Todd Young is again costing my family money. Like the inflation <laughs> the government spending is bad enough. There were so many of his ads. She said, I can't take any more of them. And we had to pay for the premium commercial free version. Okay. Well, speaking of inflation, America's gross national debt is really high. It's a really, really big number. And we're going to share it with you next from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 19 minutes after 9. Good morning. So America's gross national debt exceeded $31 trillion for the first time this week. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the government constantly issuing new debt, which effectively means it's borrowing costs rise and fall along with interest rates. But here is the question, Rob. Can we ever repay what we owe? Oh no, and it's a, it's a staggering, it's a sad and staggering number for our nation that our elected officials, like let's just take the crippling effect that adding 31 trillion dollars to the national debt has caused on our society. Like let's just, just remove that from the equation, like the pain we're feeling now. The narcissistic sociopathic behavior of an elected official to say I am going to legalize uh, participate in legalized vote buying to help myself in the present and I'm going to stick future people mm-hmm. who have had no say in this with picking up this tab that is a level of disgusting and I have never I've never understood I mean you've got some seriously messed up people walking around running this country in the U.S. Congress who think this is okay. And I come back to the staggering amount of debt that has been added to uh, to the total just in the past six years. And so that is a bipartisan Republican and Democrat blame. And then I think about, you know, the conversation that I was uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, was subjected to with the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, mm-hmm. uh, at the Stacks Pancake House, in which he, without a hesitation, 
looked at me and said, "I, you know, I re- I'm paraphrasing here, but I regret none of it. There was a room full of people who mm-hmm. saw it. They, you know, every one of them said, yeah, that it happened. I regret none of it. I would do it all again, and I'm not stopping. The, the, I, where It doesn't end. This is the point. It doesn't end. And, where, well, I guess where it ends is where it's always ended throughout human history when you print your and devalue your currency into oblivion where people end up with wheelbarrows of cash for a loaf of bread. So Biden ran on pledging to have a more sustainable fiscal path. He said he was going to be, you know, he was going to reduce the budget and he was going to slow that down. And you mentioned six years, but since he's taken office, he's added five trillion dollars sure. to and, the deficit. And the and the which comes back to the Republicans in 2020 added roughly five trillion holding the Senate and the presidency in coordination with Nancy Pelosi. What what people need and this is why we harp on this because you are just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Look at where we are at and this is solely because of our elected officials. We did not have to shut down our society. What we know now about COVID is what some brilliant people on this radio station were saying from day one, which is we know enough about this thing three weeks in to say people in these demographics, Mm -hmm. younger, healthier people, and as we learn more, even in many ways, older, healthier people are almost 100% fine to go to work and participate in the economy. Older people, the elderly, mm-hmm. senior citizens, people with pre-existing conditions. Okay, you people may indeed need to check out for a little bit. But that did not mean that society had to shut down the way Eric Holcomb shut down our state. It did not mean that Todd Young and Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi had to print $5 trillion plus to bribe governors to shut the state down. None of this had to happen. It is total lack of judgment, which we see time and time again from these people in Congress because the vast majority of them could not run a lemonade stand if their life depended on it, yet they make decisions for three 330 plus million people. So even though we have all of this debt, the federal government still collecting a record number of taxes. And every quarter this year, they've collected more than we've ever had in the history of the nation. Yes. People are still struggling to pay their bills and getting taxed like crazy. But listen to this number (laughs) that the federal government has collected. Four trillion, four hundred eight billion dollars. $452 million just this year. That's through 11 months of the first fiscal year. So it's going to be markedly higher than that. So think about this. Four, almost four and a half trillion dollars has been collected, and we're still not anywhere close to consistently being able to even pay our bills currently, Mm -hmm. much less pay down the national debt. This is why, like when Mike and I had that spirited conversation the other day, and you know I love Micah. He's one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. But I vehemently disagree because he's saying, well, you've got to vote for Todd Young because we've got to put Ted Cruz Mm -hmm. and and, and Rand Paul back in charge so they can get to Fauci and Hunter Biden or whatever. It never happens where the Ted Cruz's and Rand Paul's are in charge of anything. We already know who will be in charge again when the Republicans get the, the U.S. Senate. It will be Mitch McConnell. It will be John Thune. It will be John Cornyn. It will be the same merry bandit of misfits with people like Todd Young being bred, being uh, being trained to be the future leader 
of leaders of the United States Senate. It is never the Rand Pauls. It is never the Jim Banks. It is ne- That's on the House, but it is never Ted Cruz. It is never Mike Lee. Those people are ostracized. If you think that just because Ted, uh, the Republicans get the, ha- uh, the Senate, that magically Rand Paul is going to be on some magical crusade with the Republicans behind him to get Fauci and Hunter Biden or whoever— you're sorely, people are sorely mistaken. What you are going to get is the same of what you've always gotten if Todd Young is put back in charge, only he will be elevated in his position in the party leadership. This is what you're going to get. The Republicans have done this. The baseline budget, think of all the Republicans who just voted for the budget. It wasn't like, oh, the Democrats passed it 50-50 and there was nothing Republicans could do. No, almost half of the Republicans, I think it was half the Republicans plus some, voted for the Democrat budget that just the government funding program that just passed, which adds to this. Look, either you, if you keep voting for Todd Young, this is what you'll keep getting. It's well, never stopping. Well, you mentioned Fauci and his department, the Department of Health and Human Services, led in government spending. It was followed by the Social Security Administration and then the Department of the Treasury. And finally, lastly, and you'd think that this would be up higher, the Department of Defense and Military Programs. You could collect every tax dollar from every single American and you would struggle to... to uh, Break even like the, it is not a revenue problem. It, it, it you could soak the rich all you want and you wouldn't be close. It is a spending addiction to legalized vote buying and unwillingness to stand firm and do what's right for the American people because we are afraid to tell anyone no because we are a gimme 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 society now. Thirty one trillion dollars worth. And it is one hundred percent of the fault of the government. It is nine twenty seven with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC and President Biden was down in Florida surveying the damage brought on by Hurricane Ian and uh, we're going to get into everything and some things he said that we can't say on the radio. It's next from 93 WIBC. He's dressed up today, looking nice. Oh, got to go lawyer today. He's bringing the the heat. (laughs) The one and only Abdul Aqib Shabazz. All right, so almost all of your polling is out. I think you've got the tail end of it coming out today at, is it 11? 11, yeah. It's going to come out. All right, so let's work through some of the valuable information that you have put out into the ether since we last talked to you on Monday. The Secretary of State's race polling numbers are out. Diego is behind. This happened, this poll was conducted before the allegations came out from him that you printed in the cheat sheet and later over at Indy Politics. Are you surprised that even before these allegations came out that according to your poll, Diego Morales is behind Destiny Wells 36 to 32%? No, not really because uh, we did a we did a poll uh, back in July and the numbers were pretty much exactly almost the same. Now, Diego's numbers have gone up a little bit. Destiny's numbers have gone up a little bit. I want to say Jeff's numbers have gone up a little bit and the deciders have dropped a little, but for the most part, nothing's really changed. How do they all go up a little bit? Um, Doesn't the, somebody need to go down? Well, no, there are fewer undecided voters. Oh. So okay. some of the undecideds go to Destiny, some mm-hmm. go to Morales, some go to uh, Jeff Moore. Are you surprised, or were you surprised, again, given that you did this poll before the allegations came out, at the number of Republicans, because that is where Diego is suffering, is the number of Republicans who are yet to commit to the Republican candidate for Secretary of State? Um. Uh, 
yes and no. A nice loyal, nice yes, loyal, very good, a, a nice you. loyal answer. Uh, because you got to remember, Diego beat Holly Sullivan, who was uh, the, the establishment candidate. Right. Uh, and so you got a lot of people who are still upset about all that. And then throw in the getting fired from the Secretary of State's office, the $43,000 vehicle, the questions about his uh, military record. I mean, you name it. There's other little sort of little mini Murdoch deals that keep popping up all over the place. So I am not surprised that people aren't that Republicans aren't, aren't necessarily saying I'm going to vote for Destiny or Jeff Moore, but I can't I can't vote for this guy. Are you? Uh, I guess we should point this out because we talked about this on State House Happenings, which we recorded earlier today. Destiny could say, "Well, I'm winning." But she's not really doing much better than a normal Democrat, right? I mean, these are – we. I think everyone would have expected to go into this race. Hey, the Democrat candidate for Secretary of State will get 36% of the vote. So she's not some classic overachiever either. Uh, no. But at, the, but at the same time, though, the fact that uh, we're a month out from Election Day and the race is statistically tied, that ought to tell you quite a bit. Sometimes – you know, mediocre is just good enough. Well, and the, and the other issue is the biggest topic, and we talked about this in Status Happenings, is, and this is the thing everybody needs to pay attention to, is if Jeff Moore gets that 10%, the primary ballot access, it's a total new landscape in Indiana politics for the, if the libertarians get primary ballot access. He's at 7. It's not 10. But given the all the undecideds, and most of those probably are not, or many of them rather, are probably not going to actually vote for Diego at this point if they weren't already He's got a real shot to get that 10%. Yeah, because he only needs 3%. Or yeah. Three, three percentage points. Uh, and also, please keep in mind, too, that the margin of error is 4%. I was going to say, your margin of error could cover that possibly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. There's, there's a really good shot that uh, Jeff Moore could actually win uh, that, that sort of that, that second place and get Libertarians ballot access. And if that happens, to me, that's the big story of the night because that changes Indiana politics for, for, for a long time. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about the U.S. Senate race a little bit. We got into it on Monday. You've had a chance to let that set. Do you still believe, as we talked about, Todd Young is in trouble and what should he be doing? He's only up 2% over McDermott in your poll. Uh, once again, they're tied. And these numbers are pretty close to what uh, McDermott did. That's weird, uh, isn't it? A, a while back. Well, yes and no. Because once again, like I said, I've worked, uh, Change Research was the pollster that uh, McDermott used. And we used them uh, back in uh, back in the early back in uh, during the governor's race. And so the, the thing about that is we always we only polled 600 people. They polled more than 2,000 yeah. voters. So the numbers uh, after like 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 I said, polls are not predictions, but they are they do they do show trends. Young and Morales have the same problem with different people. It's pretty wild, isn't it? And it's undecided Republicans. Yes. Uh, Young has issues with the undecided MAGA Republicans. Diego has uh, issues with the quote-unquote establishment Republicans. And so that's why that's why I think the race is so close uh, right now. Now, what do you do in the next 30 days? If I knew that, I'd, I'd win the Powerball right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, Kendall Casey Show. Abdul is here. We're working through some of these polling results he's put out over at IndiePolitics.org. Now, uh, you put out something yesterday that we had to stop everything we had planned to talk about and make it our lead story, <laughs> and that is it only took six years after shutting the state down, mm -hmm. putting over a million people out of work, closing tens of thousands of businesses, the VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad, trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, record government, record government spending, and record tax increases. It finally happened, Abdul. Holcomb's finally underwater in a poll, 47% disapproved, 44% approved. What has changed since the last time you polled? Because you've always had him, because a lot of Democrats had liked what he was doing, with a favorable approval rating. What's changed? I think, uh, once again, it's those, uh, those uh, ideological conservative Republicans uh -huh. who are mad at the governor for all the reasons that you that you just mentioned. Uh, and I think that is where uh, Eric is uh, sort of underwater a little bit. But once again, the, the, the margin of error is 4%. 
And so he's like, what, 47, 44? Mm -hmm. So it could literally be, you know, half people like him, half people can't stand him. It could be at 40% too. Yeah. It could be it could be 51, 40. Okay, so according to your article, though, he's doing very well with women and younger voters. And what do you attribute that to? Uh a just Eric's personality, because a lot of the, a lot of the older voters and men uh, had issues with uh, like all the all the reasons that Rob gave them mm-hmm. the pandemic, the shutdowns, the whole nine yards. Let's talk about Biden. Biden in your poll, weirdly, uh, oddly, almost has the identical approval rating as the election result in 2020. Biden certainly hasn't done anything where you'd say, boy, the country's really on a better track. Are you surprised it wasn't worse? I mean, he's way underwater, and it's Indiana, but I thought it might be like 80-20. No, 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 it's not (laughs) (laughs) 80-20. But aren't you surprised that it isn't worse? I mean, it really is identical to the election result, and it doesn't seem like anybody's happy with the country. It kind of seems like everybody just stayed where they were. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and and because in a nutshell, you got to keep in mind that, you know, Indiana's about 40% Democrat, about 44%. 45 percent uh, Republican, the rest are sort of libertarian, and, and the rest of that. So Democrats still support their, still support their president, and Republicans they have an issue with him. It seems like there's a, a big difference though with independent voters with yes. him. Yes, because the, the independents are the ones who will make or break uh, all this election stuff. Uh, and so uh, if Biden wants to to do well in 2024, he's got to get those independent voters back. Now, granted, you got but. 18 months and change and a year and a day in politics is a lifetime so anything can happen and usually anything usually does abdul is here we're working through his polling data he's been posting up at indypolitics.org are you surprised you're like the only person who has done a po- i mean obviously there was a secretary of state's race poll several months ago but that person was even affiliated with you are you surprised you're the only person that's done a poll so far? I mean, we're inside of a month before, or we're almost right at a month before Election Day. We have polled every year since 2018, because we polled uh, Mike Braun, Joe Donnelly, Eric Holcomb, uh, some city stuff, Jim Merritt, uh, uh, Jim Merritt, uh, Joe Hogsett, uh, because we have, uh, we have really good donors uh, who appreciate what we do, and I appreciate them tremendously, because polls are polling is not... It's not a cheap endeavor by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, and I think I think it provides a public service let people, like, to give to give people an opportunity. Here's where the issues are, and here's where the state of the race is. Once again, we're not predicting anything. They're like, hey, this is just a snapshot. Now you get enough snapshots, you can start to develop trends. Mm-hmm. But we we think we think we do a public service, and I got a really good pollster on top of that. Now you mentioned some social issues. Uh, can we talk about those? Yeah. Are we going to talk about those? Yeah, let's talk about those. Uh, the marijuana polling that you did, the legalization of that. It looks like a majority of Hoosiers seventy-seven percent are in support of that. <laughs> yes, either uh, for medicinal or medicinal and recreational. It was mm-hmm. Like, and also uh, Republicans are starting to turn around on on the marijuana issue as well. Uh, like I said, I don't know why lawmakers won't at least start the ball rolling on legalization. But at least this gives them some cover. Like, hey. Here's what Abdul's polling said on the marijuana issue. This is actually a good thing, so we can start maybe moving that ball forward. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been hearing a lot of people say that even at this rate, we're, we're behind the eight ball as far as production goes, and Indiana's soil is perfect for this sort of crop. Yes. Uh, like, I, like I jokingly say, if you if you, have to, if you ask how far is Indiana away from legal marijuana, it's like 75 miles. Just get on I-74 and drive, <laughs> to, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> drive to Danville, Illinois. Before we let you go, you've got polling coming out today at IndyPolitics.org. Is this the last day of the polling? What can people look forward to today at 11 a.m. over at IndyPolitics? Uh, we'll be talking about uh, whether the mayor should seek a third term in office and also 
uh, what the big issues are in the city of Indianapolis. And I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's crime and roads. Isn't it amazing the world you've created, in which everybody else pays for you to get free publicity? <laughs> like it's just like a bizarro thing where you have just cracked some sort of code where other people pay for you to earn a living and get free publicity. And so, what's your problem? Oh no, I, I, <laughs> I, I am I am I am a big admirer of what you've been able to pull off. Hey, hey, it took thirty years to get here. Are you working this weekend? Uh, no, not this weekend uh, because we have IU football. Uh, but we're back uh, next weekend, and also uh, be interviewing next week with my pollster uh, Andrew uh-huh. Weiser to kind of walk through how we did everything. Mm-hmm. What's a good pollster? What's a bad pollster? How do you, how do you how do you adjust for for numbers and how do you stop people from lying to you? Great, he's a national treasure, the one and only Abdul Keep Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. Ninety three WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. <laughs> There's Johnny Cash. Song actually written by his wife. Love is a burning thing. It's nine forty six with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. And we invite you to join us for the return of A Night with WIBC. This is presented by Relay Indiana. And it's on Thursday, October 27th in the Schrott Center for Performing Arts on the campus of Butler University. They are now less than, at least there were as of yesterday, I assume there are less than that now. 150 tickets available. Mm-hmm. And we went through this three years ago and then we went through it last year where people were like oh i'm just gonna wait and then they wait and then it sells out and then people are incessantly messaging the show how do i get tickets to a night with wibc and then just there are no more tickets so don't mosey on over to Ticketmaster. just just do it now and get it done you know if you're that person Mm -hmm. because we care about you and we cannot stand sadness coming from the email inbox mm-hmm. of our listeners or on the social media. So it, again, like you said, probably by the end of the week, uh, it'll it will be sold out. So just go ahead and do it. Get it done. It's super easy to do. Ticketmaster.com. Just type in WIBC once you get there, because we. We are not helping you people out once the tickets are gone. We have warned you. We've warned you day after day after day. They keep selling. They're almost done. And then we won't have to do this promo anymore because they'll be sold out. Mm-hmm. So the uh, night starts at 730. Let's see. You're going to be there. Yes. I'm going to be yes. there. Tony Katz is going to be there. Yes. Hammer and Nigel will be there. Mm-hmm. Guy Relford's going to be yes. there. Matt Bear's going to be there. Most importantly. Kevin's going to be yes, there. Most importantly, Kevin will be there. You could actually meet Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin might sign. Look, Kevin, here's the deal. Can someone order Uno Gold music on the internet? Is that a thing? We just have it on streaming services, but you can order plenty of merch. So, so yeah, okay. So here's there's merch. Yeah, there's merch on our website, UnoGoldBand.com. So if you if someone buys an Uno Gold Band, let's say T-shirt, yeah. you guys have T-shirts. Uh, yeah, we have we have plenty of T-shirts. So Kevin, will you autograph someone's Uno Gold Band T-shirt at a night with WIBC? I will. I just I just don't want to be seeing that on eBay the next day. Well, do you know <laughs> do you know like if, if you were on the fence about buying a ticket, do you know what a Kevin McNamara autographed Uno Gold Band t-shirt is worth? It's I mean, priceless. You could probably sell that for I don't know, I'm not an evaluator of music memorabilia, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing I'm, what a million dollars on eBay? You think a Probably. million? That seems Maybe. a little low. I mean, who knows? So yes, you can also meet Kevin and get your Uno Gold Band 
Auto, uh, Only if it gets a 9.8 rating. Yeah. Is it worth a million dollars? Just make sure to bring a Sharpie. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even have the Sharpie. <laughs> so just go to Ticketmaster.com, type in WIBC, and get your tickets right there. I, I think they still have a couple meet and greet tickets left as well, which is always everybody's favorite. So uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Let's talk about President Biden. He went to Florida. He was surveying the damage from Hurricane Ian, and he got caught joking during a hot mic conversation that he had with the Fort Myers Beach mayor. And we can't say what he said on the air. We have to substitute words. Rhymes with duck. Right. No one ducks with a Biden. Yeah. Unless you're a flight of stairs or perhaps a bicycle, and then you might duck with a Biden. Highly inappropriate. But uh, he went on to say, today we have one job and only one job, and that's to make sure the people in Florida get everything they need to fully, thoroughly recover. And then he went on to blame the hurricane on climate change. Yeah, okay, so look, I, I don't have any problem with Biden being uh, using some profanity if it makes Grandpa feel better, being a fake, tough macho guy i don't it doesn't matter that doesn't affect my existence what does affect my existence is his and his party's bizarre fetish slash obsession with everything being about climate change now casey i am no i do not pretend to be a meteorologist Mm -hmm. Or an actual weather expert. I am no Marcus Bailey or Stephanie Mead. You are not AMS certified. But I am a person who does know a little bit about history. And I am pretty sure that hurricanes have been a thing before carbon dioxide or whatever their boogeyman uh, power source or whatever of the day was being, you know, omitted into into the air. Like, I'm pretty sure before humans were on North America, the North American planet, I'm sorry, by what would become Americans were on the North American planet that hurricanes were a thing. I'm pretty sure like in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and then hurricanes popped up. I'm pretty sure they've been around for a really long time and yet every year they try to blame hurricanes on i don't know gas gas cars i don't know coal plants whatever the cause du jour of the moment is in the environmental wacko movement that it i mean politicizing a hurricane like you are a complete uh i can't say this word but it rhymes with it bag if you politicize a hurricane. That's what I was wondering. Are you saying that the president is politicizing weather? Well, let's take a listen. Because unfortunately, I've been to a lot of disaster areas in the last couple months, uh, last six months. You know, more of more fires have burned in the west and the southwest, burned everything right to the ground than the, the entire state of New Jersey, the, 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 as much room as that takes up. And the reservoirs out west are, are, are down to almost zero. We're in a situation where the Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change. We should do something about it. So he's down in Florida surveying the damage. Many people, many, many people homeless. Yes. And will be for a while. Mm-hmm. Still thousands without power. 
Still unpassable roads. It's just destruction from the storm everywhere. And rather than be empathetic, the president goes down there to capitalize on people's loss. Well, that, but that's what Democrats do. They have to politicize. They have to group. They have to blame because the blame... And if you have someone to blame, then you have a need for governmental interference. You think of it. This is almost always the Democrat left playbook. You have been wronged because of and it is the fault of and in order to rectify the fault of and this problem, you need government to step in and interfere on your behalf, whether no matter what the topic is up to and including hurricanes, like what is Joe Biden going to do to stop a hurricane? Sit there and yell at it. What all the government in the world. Hey, no one ducks with a Biden. He's going <laughs> to yell at it. OK, so then I mean, you are a, just a terrible human being when you politicize national tragedies, whether it's shootings, whether it's tornadoes, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's a flood, whether it's a whatever. And I've always laughed at the idea that a human being would be so arrogant as to think that they can impact the earth. Like that that they that human being, you are so powerful that you single-handedly can impact the earth. You, Skippy, in your gas-powered car is destroying the earth and causing hurricanes. Give me a break. Now, the other part about this is great. So he praises DeSantis, mm-hmm. then proceeds to say, he's talking about, you know, all the great works DeSantis has done has done. The biggest thing governors can do to prevent loss of life is a recognition of global warming. And the look on DeSantis's face as he's saying this is just priceless. Listen. Somewhere else, remember, this is the United States of America. We're all in this together. Thank you. and federal officials need to do differently to prevent future loss of life. What the governor's done is pretty remarkable so far. I mean, this is what, what, he's, what he's done. In terms of, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, first of all, the biggest thing the governor's done and some of the others have done, they've recognized this thing called global warming. The world is changing. It's changing. And we have to change the way with the zoning codes, for example. So last year, he said the biggest thing that you can do with hurricanes is get vaccinated. Yes. That's going to help you. Yes. And now the biggest thing we can do is have governors recognize global warming. He said something about zoning codes. So somehow <laughs> zoning is going to really fix the hurricanes. It's predictable. It's boring. It's dull. Judging the, by his poll numbers, it's not effective either. Uh, just to politicize national tragedies. And they're obsessed with it. The left never stops. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 957. Good morning. Burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire.